Hello and welcome. This is Pepin from Pepin Reacts. And today we have another episode of Breaking Bad with my best friend. His name is Meter. Meter, how are you doing? I'm here too. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing excellent, I think. Sometimes over-caffeinated, but that is just me. So last episode of Breaking Bad, we learned a lot about the baby. Is the baby real? Possibly. Uh, are they a stuffed animal burning in a pit of water? It seems so. But are we the baby on the inside? Not yeah. likely. Maybe so, the audience has been the baby the whole time. It would be an interesting meta commentary that they're making about, say, society in general. Or maybe, maybe even like cavemen for some reason. I don't know why, but it seems mm -hmm. like there could be some potential ties there. But, you know, either way, I think we'll just have to figure out what's happening this episode. Uh, and w let's see if Walt is cemented as my favorite character. Or Hank. Uh, oh, I, that's right. Hank was my favorite character last. Damn, your memory's gotten better. Thank you. Oh, crap. All right. That was episode 15 of Breaking Bad. This episode, a lot happened. Uh... A lot of things actually happened this episode. This is a pretty exciting one. There's a couple bits and pieces I remember from this episode, but honestly, most of it I didn't. Uh, I think we're getting to the point where I, I don't remember as much because I think maybe just a couple episodes after this and that's where I stopped watching. And this is probably the most depressing episode, to be honest. I mean, I think the, the second most depressing episode was the one where Domingo died, but... Uh, this is probably the second, mostly just because of the, the grandfather, which will, will or the Tio, which we'll bring up a little bit. Uh, but the episode started off with actually, let's just talk about the episode in parts. Uh, where do you think the best part to start is meter? You think the would Skylar and them, or you think it would be okay? So let's talk about Skylar and them. So essentially, the plot there is they realize he goes missing, and Skylar is doing a search. So Hank, Hank's involved too. So uh, actually, let's talk about that scene with Hank first. So there's a scene where Hank, where he's in the office and he's giving like a pep talk to the whole staff there. And he's like, hey, what are we going to do? Find the guy. What are we going to do? Find the guy. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And uh, he motivates them. And then he's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm done. I, I, I got personal stuff to do. And his comrades like, you know, but what about the job? He's like, uh, whatever, all periods. That scene was extremely interesting from my point of view. Because the way I was kind of reading it is a sort of like meta narrative on society in a way. Like you have this job here and this job is gruesome. It's dark. It has all these different facets to it, which are not enjoyable. And it takes a guy like Hank to make that job actually, I'm not going to say work, but to, to, to make the people who are there enjoy that job. In, in a sort of weird, sort of weird sort of sense, like you have to bring some levity or some sort of like weird energy to it. Otherwise, everyone's going to hate themselves. You know, during their work. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Peter? I saw it much less as like him bringing enjoyment and more him as in a leadership role. It showed his work dynamic. It showed that Hank is uh, respected. Then and like all of his like shitty off color humor that we cringe at and you adore 
like they all laughed at that even like the women in there when he's like you gotta get a fucking huge erection for this and like the girls were laughing too and i think mm -hmm. that they were very purposely put right front and center so that you could see like that's not like off color for them that's just part of mm -hmm. eric they accept hank it's part of their part of their culture yeah um and hank motivating people and then saying well i'm choosing family over work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that's more what that was that was getting across and it was also setting up all of the dominoes for like the plot from the dea's point of view mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you would disagree that there's any sort of like say additional say narrative on top of that i don't think there's a fun factor associated with it or at least that's not how i read it um there may be i i'm open to being wrong uh we reframe not fun but motivational yeah he was definitely motivating yeah mm -hmm. but you know with some sort of weird positive energy it wasn't like you know there's this guy out there we gotta kill him you know it wasn't like a revenge sort of motivation it's more of this like kind of like we got stuff to do let's do it and yeah he, he brought a lot of comedy to it and a lot of the comedy is sick and twisted right but my, my argument here is that if you're in that kind of role and you're coming across lots of sick and twisted stuff like that, then maybe that's what you need to kind of get through th that that position. Okay. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Okay. All right, cool. I mean, it's okay if you're not. You know, feel free to disagree, but... Uh, if I wasn't, I would say that. Uh, no, you wouldn't. You'd say, yes, Nathan, you're right, because the baby. Yes, Nathan, you're right, because the baby. Thank you. Thank you. So Hank goes and he does some investigation and then Skyler has just gone crazy, like full out searching for Walt here. And she has come up with no leads. She's talking to the investigator and I feel her pain because she's talking to this investigator guy and she's like, uh, she's trying to get something right. And then he doesn't tell her anything. And that's kind of like when you go to the doctors and you're like, like you give all the symptoms right there and maybe your arm is broken or something. You're like, you know, it's, I'm pretty sure it's broken and to do investigation. They're like, oh yeah, you're broken. It's broken. Or, oh yeah, you're sick. And you're like, yes, I knew this. I was, I was looking for more than that. What I already know. And mm -hmm. I kind of felt for Skylar in that because that's kind of what she, she, she kind of came across there. Uh, yeah. But, but it's very interesting seeing Hank in that scene because hank is very supportive with this mm -hmm. is that something you'd expect up to this point yes yes because i think i think two things uh one to your point about skylar her whole narrative thus far and i think we kind of overlooked this at the end of the last episode when we talked about skylar is that she's very alone right now um and that is like her current position in her arc is mm. she's by herself and she feels very alone and i think this kind of continues to drive that point of she feels very alone um and i think that the other side of that is hank is very good in crisis situations mm -hmm. um he is he's very smart and uh quick to action and calm knows how to handle himself when things are really bad when things are good and happy he's not very not very good mm. um when things are shitty that's when hank is is what he uh, hank shines hmm. 
I see. So it's almost kind of like the personality that makes him good at his current job doesn't apply very well in, say, everyday situations. Yeah, like he comes off like an asshat when he's on camera at a, at a party <laughs> uh, at the baby shower um, or like having just dinner with the family. He like sounds like an ass with the stories he tells and stuff. Uh, but when it's when shit hits the fan, he knows how to motivate people. He knows what information to give and to hold on to. Uh, he doesn't give all of the information to his staff. Um, like his true thoughts of we're not going to find this guy, which is immediately what he says as soon as he closes the door to Gomez is he's like, we're never going to find this guy. He's probably in Mexico by now. And I he see. doesn't give all the information to Skyler. He, mm. he knows, he knows how to handle himself in stress situations. Mm. I guess the irony to that part is that he did find him. He thought he was finding Jesse, but he found, he found uh, Tuco. Mm -hmm. uh, which which is a big irony right there i guess the the question there is what's the overarching thing he's trying to really find he's not trying to find tuco he's trying to stop the meth distribution business mm -hmm. so he thinks he's looking for tuco and in look at he happens to end up looking for walt which means he's looking for jesse so really in finding walt he is furthering his actual efforts he doesn't know that he's really looking for walt and that's mm. kind of like the underlying thing that maybe they're looking for tuco but really he's looking for walt and doesn't know it mm. Mm. it was like a, a huge duality there between what he was doing in this whole episode right right and i, I gotta say with hank also good pick up on the uh, skywars loneliness because that, that's definitely true like even with Walt Jr., I don't feel she connects that greatly to Walt Jr. To be honest, she, she well, she she can't at the level like she needs connection. She needs connection on like a an emotional burden level, mm -hmm. and you can't emotionally burden your young teenage boy like that's. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't do that to him because she's a good mother. So like she she'll hold on to that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I have to say I don't I haven't seen like too much of a like a strong dynamic between them. But then again, the whole time we've seen them, it's been like like crisis essentially. It's always in crisis, yeah. Yeah, so, so that that's maybe part of it. Uh, I mean, he did try to put some stuff up in, in the baby room, so I guess there's that. I mean, mm -hmm. that's some bonding moments right there. Uh, but yeah, Hank, Hank's kind of interesting here because I think you're quite right. He is very good in crisis mode. I, I think it's because he knows what to do, right? And Skylar is requesting help from him and he doesn't have any problem doing it. I, I think it's because it's because it's straightforward and something that's actionable. Like when Marie put him up to giving the talk about uh, hookers and cocaine to Walt Jr. He was just kind of like, eh. I mean, partially because he wanted to not get involved where he shouldn't be getting involved, but also partially because he, he's kind of kind of like, oh, this is some fun. But he ended up doing it anyway. But here, this is something that's very straightforward, very actual, and a real problem. And like, he just kind of took it on, even despite work, which you, you'd think work would be his higher ordeal, but it's really not. And, and, and there's something he said as well, which kind of connects back to his relationship with Marie, is he said, oh, it's all appearances. Like, mm -hmm. he's okay with that at work. So it kind of explains why he also has that okay with, say, like, Marie. 
and maybe his general, say, moral acumen, because it's more about the appearance of things than anything else. Like the fact that he smokes Cuban cigars, regardless of it being illegal, doesn't really matter to him. It's just the appearance of the thing. Mm-hmm. And so Scour goes crazy putting up these uh, posters and stuff. And do you think they're kind of hinting at something a bit more with the way the poster was done? Or is it just, I don't know. Wait, wait mm. it, it, it was done like a missing cat poster. That, that's the only thing I kind of find kind of weird. No, I don't think so. I mean, the, the biggest, the biggest thing for me was the picture, right? Mm-hmm. So she gives over the picture to the detective and says, we haven't taken many pictures recently. And I think that kind of has an underlying meaning in and of itself, too, that they're using a picture from before Walt had cancer, before Walt started to change. And they don't have any record of him since then, right? So hmm. it's kind of like they're looking for a guy that maybe doesn't even exist anymore in a way. Hmm. Hmm. I gotcha. I, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't. I guess the picture was pointed out, but yeah. Uh, one thing is the detective seemed a little bit suspicious. And I, I, I think that's just how this maybe detective sound, but he seemed a little suspicious when he was talking about everything. Like he, he kind of got it to me. It sounded like the detective thought Walt might have been involved in something. Um, I don't know about that. I think it was more that uh, she, that Skylar wasn't speaking very straightforward. But she wasn't because Walt Jr. is right there, so she couldn't really say what she wanted to say. And mm-hmm. she kept like looking at him like, well, like I, I'm not going to say it because he's right there. So I can't say, yeah, his dad is depressed. Like, I see. That's not a good mm-hmm. thing to say in front of the little boy. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was more where he was coming from, from my perspective. Okay. Okay. Well, a little bit of confusion with the, the emotional states there and just the awkwardness mm-hmm. at, at the conversation. Uh, and so she was getting some help from Marie and that scene was, I think, amazing because it, it's like a real life sort of thing. And I, I think the way it got resolved was good because Marie has this issue, right? And Marie is, maybe she doesn't want to admit the issue, but she knows it's there, right? It's something that she's, she won't admit, but she knows it's present. And so she starts trying to make this about her with uh, the tiara or whatever. And Skyward just stops it. Marie, not now. And Marie, she just kind of takes a second. It's like, okay, yeah, right. And she, she refocuses. And I, I think that's a really interesting kind of like aspect to humanity or kind of say communication, let's say, or friendship. Or they're, 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 they're distressed, of course. So there's that. But I, I think it's important to like when you have like a friend or, you know, like a partner or, uh, you know, family, you admit that you have these flaws and when the other person starts falling back into one of their flaws, you don't say, make it distressed right there. You don't, you don't just start pounding on them for it. Rather, you let them know that this is not the time for that or this is not acceptable right now. Let's refocus. And if they drop it, that's all that needs to happen there. And I, I think that was a great aspect to that scene because no, no further attention needed to be put to that. And I might be overanalyzing of it, but I still want your thoughts on that or anything else to do with the last couple of things we talked about. Yeah, no, I think um, that everything you're saying there is is right and valid. 
Um, Marie's super interesting because she's she's always the one to like put everything out on the table. Just like things are how they are, and she's going. She's not afraid to say them unless they're about her own problems. And then she goes into 100% denial mode because like uh, Hank is is obscuring some things by not talking about the second cell phone which obviously he talked to her about mm -hmm. but wasn't talking to Skylar about and to Marie she's like well Skylar needs to know so I'm just going to say it like she doesn't follow the same uh, you know uh, tactful I, I don't even know if it's really tactful more tactical approach to the situation that Hank does and realistically her dragging that stuff out into the open is what led Hank to finding Walt, even though he doesn't know that he found Walt. Hmm. Hmm. So, does, does that imply that Marie might be somewhat a force for good? Like, it, not, not. I don't know that you can put like a moral compass uh -huh. to the action. Ultimately, that's how it turned out. Uh -huh. But was that her intention? And that's a different story. I don't know the answer to that. Hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah Murray's hard to contemplate. Uh, hmm. I, I, I think I've seen a couple of people like her in real life and those people are complex because they're very intelligent. They can see things that no one else can see or point out or whatever, but you know, w whether they can see their, their own selves or whether they admit, the, you know, their own selves, that's another matter. And so, I'm trying to think if there's any other plot. Oh yeah, that's right. Walt Jr. He went out and started uh, doing some stuff too. So he's trying to take like an active view. So then again, he's probably uh, dealing weed to the baby. So, you know, th that's probably. probably what's happening. Probably. And it's about time. <laughs> Get off your ass and sell some drugs like your dad. <laughs> uh and also, I'm very impressed with his computer skills. I mean, not only did he have that opened up Microsoft Word, but he took a wanted poster and made it into his father. So sure. He's taking his computer skills and turning it into stuff for his dad. I, I think I saw him using a cell phone at one point. So this kid going somewhere. Yeah. He knows how to use all the technology that involves Lewis. <laughs> Lewis has to be involved. Though. Oh God, Lewis! If we don't ever see you this series, I might be okay with that because I think you are just ethereal. It's kind of like God. I mean, you don't have to see God to know He exists, or yeah, to the know royal, like the the royal Lewis. The, the, ah, yeah, the, you're like this whole royal thing. This is like the mm -hmm. second time you've ever brought it up in a conversation. I know. I think I did yesterday too for something else. <laughs> Jeez. It was equally as funny. Everyone <laughs> laughed. <laughs> okay, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else on the Walt, oh, sorry, the Skyler sort of timeline there. I don't think there's anything. She knows he has a second cell phone. Oh, yeah, that's right. And her first thought was a fair, but I think she brought that up more just to have it denied. Yeah. Because this, it's interesting that that's her first thought, though, over drugs. Hmm. I think one thing that makes things well, the first thing you might think of when so this is what I think. I, I think the first thing you think of when you hear cell phone is, ah, damn, you're right. Because 
I think she's denying that the drugs are an issue because she wants to believe that wasn't an issue, like that that was resolved already. And she was resistant mm -hmm. to the fact that maybe it wasn't resolved. Yeah, because, okay, you're completely right in there. Because if she hadn't pushed back on that, you would be incorrect, I think. Because it would just be like, mm -hmm. oh, a affair. That's the first thing you think of. But here, it's more like she pushed that back to the back of her brain because she didn't want to think about that possibility. And I mean, the it's just it's super interesting that Marie's like, well, no, definitely not. But drugs, but weed specifically, like that weed has caused Walter to go completely missing. Maybe he owes him a whole bunch, the, a bunch of money or something. And like Hank seems to be like, that's not the fuck. What's going on? This is not a weed problem. And even Skyler's like, you don't get addicted to weed, like. The whole the whole thing was just perfect. It, it was very much like a family sort of conversation you'd have, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm glad I was there for that. Mm -hmm. It's part of their family. Uh, was Walt Jr. there? I don't think he was. No, that's right. He left because he was doing the posters. So let's go on to the next part of or the second second part. The B story, or the A story, actually. I think the B story was Skylar. Uh, so the A story in this was essentially Tuco brings them out into somewhere, you know, far away. It's a very shitty place, and they think they're going to get killed and off there, but it ends up that Tuco is planning to use them and run away with them because he actually thinks that... Uh, Guam? No, what was his name? Gomez? Uh, Gomez was the rat because Gomez went missing. No, Gom Gomez is Hank's partner. Fuck. Uh, who, who, who is uh, Tuco's guy? Uh, no Doze is the guy he punched to death. Yeah. And I don't remember the big guy's name. Okay, so what's to say the big guy? So the big guy, I, I think you were right and you would probably know better than I do because you've seen the show. Uh, but it, my assumption here now, because Tuco wasn't aware of what happened there, so I think Hank's assessment was actually correct. He went back there to bury the body out of respect or do something with the body, just uh, you know, because he felt unclean because of it, and he ended up just getting himself like decapitated essentially. And it, it it's it's kind of like a that's a very clever like uh, miscommunication uh, storyline right there because it's not far-fetched or it, it's, it's, it's an interesting one there because sometimes you get miscommunications where it's like, oh, this person misinterpreted this, but that was completely character-driven right there and everybody kind of has their different perspective of what happened. You know, Tuco's like, oh, he ratted on me. Hank's like, oh, this guy died and uh, Tuco killed him. And then Walt's like, who's this other person that's out there, right? You have like these three different perspectives here of what happened and nobody knows which is real. And they really didn't even express what was real, I guess. I guess they kind of did, but it's a little bit vague. Uh, I mean, from our perspective, it they hinted at enough things from enough different perspectives that what happened is pretty clear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I like that they make it explicit because mm -hmm. it, it makes you feel smarter for, for, for things. Mm -hmm. So Tuco brings them in and he threatens them and then essentially says well he takes their licenses and everything and he's like oh hey 
You know, it's just what you need to, need to do if you're going to work for me. Oh, you're a family man. Great to do business with you. And uh, they have a great conversation. And uh, his, his uncle's there. And the uncle can't speak, can't really move for the most part. He's got a little bell there that we saw happen later. And he essentially says, you know, I've got my cousins. We're going to go to Mexico and we are going to uh, cook math 24-7. And obviously that's not what Jesse or Walt want. And they were just kind of along for that ride and they couldn't say no. Walt was too weak to fight at that point. And... I don't know what Jesse's deal is. I don't know why Jesse just couldn't do something because he was pretty worthless this whole episode, except for like when he like shot him in the, the gut. But that, that's my thoughts in there. So sorry, uh, can you follow up? I just lost my train of thought. I mean, they didn't have guns and he did. Like they didn't have weapons. They didn't have anything. I don't, I don't understand why you would think that What's Jesse supposed to do? Tried to fight back in the when he was getting out of the car and got his his weapon taken away from him, getting his arm crushed in the trunk, and then the next opportunity he had to fight, he did. He shot the guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, you bring up a great point. I forgot he got his arm crushed in the trunk because if mm-hmm. that wasn't the case, then maybe I would have a stronger argument. But yeah, so his fighting wouldn't be effective. Well, it's just my thought, like. You know, it's obviously a risk when you're doing it, but Tuco was wide open enough that he maybe could have done something. Like that's the I mean, risk. When when Jesse su- suggested that, they cut to Tuco, who was high on drugs with a giant knife, like stabbing the knife over and over, str- like mm-hmm. very hard. They were putting Tuco in a very powerful light, and I think that it was pretty straightforward, like. Mm-hmm. A guy with cancer and uh, another guy with no weapon or anything against a crazy, drugged out, very strong guy with who's a boxing champ of some sort, I'd assume. Plus, has a has multiple weapons, including guns and knives. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's a strong enough argument. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, the show did enough to establish that that was not a doable situation. Okay, so Jesse. You still didn't represent yourself well, though, because he just, like, put his foot in his mouth over and over again. And, I mean, he did try and be the aggressor by can, trying to convince Tuco to take the drugs, which could have fucked him over. I mean, it almost did, right? Mm-hmm. So he did put himself out on the limb in that way. Maybe too far out on the limb to the point where he cracked the limb and ended up ruining their chances mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but i think that's typical of of jesse's character yeah I, he, he would have been better off not saying anything about special ingredient uh i mean he did say it sounded weird but you know it, it, it could have been a brilliant stroke of genius or it could have been a massive blunder and uh, it's a massive blunder it would have been better not to say anything because mm-hmm. even if it was shit, like actually if it was shit, maybe it could have been worse because he had just like freaked out and just killed him on the spot there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, you didn't tell me this is chili powder. What? You know, what is this? Uh, but yeah, so discussing try to ha- like how to kill him and everything. And he makes up some great burritos, which he's got some burrito skill, I gotta say. Burrito skills on point. And no. 
serve some food and his cousins are going to be there soon. I guess the problem that Walt and Jesse have right now is they don't know when the cousins are going to be there. It could be like within the next hour. It could be like days. No, but, he he said when they were coming, he said they were going to be there at nightfall. Nightfall? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, at the end of the day. Yep. God damn, you're observing. I like it. Uh-huh. So I, you get all these like little plot details. But mm-hmm. so, okay, so they needed to do something by then. Otherwise, they're essentially fucked, right? And so Walt tries to poison him. And then the the uncle sees it. And he starts doing a bunch of things to try to alert Tuco. Tuco is very observant. And I, I got to, okay, let's just talk about the uncle here for a moment. That is very sad. That whole situation right there. I think because it reminds me a couple of things from my life. Like, uh, you know, I've had some family to have gone through not, not quite that sort of thing. Not not with uh, just being disabled because he looks like he wasn't all there mentally, I don't think. But he was there enough to, like, answer questions. He, he, he didn't look deal with physical disabilitation than it was mental. But mental was probably there to some degree. But, uh, you know, I've, I've had a couple of family members that have had uh, issues with... Uh, uh, what's it called dementia and then uh trying to think of the other one that uh is similar to it that begins with an a alzheimer's Uh, alzheimer's so i've had some family members deal with that and then uh kind of similar stuff and it's just very sad to kind of see people through and it kind of reminded me of that i also had a dog that went through something similar where it lost its like hind legs ability to move so it couldn't like walk around anymore so it's just kind of really hard to see that sort of stuff for me. And it's just maybe really kind of depressed. Uh, but uh, I got to say, he was looking out for his his nephew. Uh, and I got to assume he was in the business at some point. I mean, he did have some respect for him, uh, him being uh, Tuco. Uh, g- give me your general thoughts on that. Um, yeah, no, I think you, you're pretty in line. I don't really want to say too much on that, that topic. Okay, so okay, so we'll, 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 I guess we'll move on then. Uh, so he does this whole thing where it's like, tr- ding, 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 and eventually Tuco catches on. Like Tuco's a little bit slow in this, and uh, they get found out, and Tuco just needs to know what they did or tried to do. Uh, I think it would have been best for Tuco just to shoot him right there. That that would have been the best thinking to do. But then again. I don't know, maybe do it outside if you're going to do it. And th- it, it, it's like Jesse's pleading for his life. And then he sees that Jesse's like getting a rock there. And then Walt seems a little bit confident there, maybe a little bit too confident. But the way he said that and the way he just had, it's almost like, like, like there's a scene where he is walking away from that giant explosion where he uh, blew up Tuco's place. And it was the same Walt there, here. Like he had this air of, I don't know what it was like self-righteous or like a self-righteous indignation or like, like he can suffer, wouldn't bleed out. Like I'm trying to describe the character because I'd say it's a little bit scientific indifference, but it's really not. It's kind of like, like he was grading this guy on a moral scale as well. And, And it just kind of came out. And I think part of that was the sense of control. Cause I think Walt is that person when he feels in control. 
when he's not in control, he's a whole different kind of person. And they, they, they end up kind of trying to get away, but then they think the cousin's there. And so they kind of like take off. So g give me your general thoughts on that kind of the scene. Um, I think Walt had to distract because like if Walt said we tried to poison you and it was just like, yeah, we were trying to poison you. He would probably have killed Jesse, right? Mm -hmm. He needed to make it something that would make him completely shift his anger, shift his focus. So he needed to say it in a very aggressive way to try and draw out Tuco's aggression towards him versus just letting him take out his aggression straight downward. Um, so I think that was a very measured and planned way to respond to elicit the response that he needed to elicit from Tuco. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that his moral judgment is what distracted the most. Because honestly, if you think about it, like Tuco's morality, I mean, it gets got questioned by uh, the big guy there a little bit, but it hadn't really been questioned up to that point. And just that huge like uh unfiltered moral indignation that he was given I, I guess it just kind of threw him off like like it just kind of took him off his rocker yeah you mean that he felt that he was being treated indignantly by jesse and walt so, so walt gave that little speech right there or like that tiny little that, that quip that distracted them and yeah. number one, it denigrated Tuco like as a person, right? Which n no one's talked down to Tuco really this whole this whole bit that we've seen him. Uh, mm -hmm. The second thing that happened is that he was called evil, which we also oh, haven't yeah. seen. Like, like Tuco got questioned a little bit by the big guy. It was like, sh shouldn't we bury him? And you know, it, it was a very deferential sort of like, I don't know, should we? It's not right, but. It wasn't anything to do with Tuco. It's just kind of just like a it, 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 the morality was put to a third person, you know, third third party perspective. So here, not only did we have Tuco being attacked, you know, like status wise, but also morally. And I think that one two punch was kind of what just threw him off guard there because he hadn't that hadn't happened this whole bit here. And that's probably looking to a little bit too much. Mm. But I, I do think that aspects there, and also the fact that Walt just had such a powerful voice right there too. Hmm. Maybe, maybe he was also hyping up himself and Jesse to be able to do, to be aggressive towards him because it's like righteous violence, you know, mm -hmm. versus like atta just attacking somebody. Maybe neither of them, you know, we've seen neither of them be willing to do that in the whole first season arc. Um, and then in this season now, maybe, maybe that was Walt trying to give them both reason to be able to, to pull the trigger if necessary, hmm. which became necessary. Jesse hit him over the head with a rock and then they have a bit of a fight and eventually Jesse shoots him with a gun. And that's of course signifying Jesse's getting his hands dirty now, which he hasn't yet. I mean, he, he did technically with the body in the bathtub, but he didn't kill that guy. Uh, not not technically. Um, and Jesse wasn't willing to finish him off. Neither was Walt, really. Actually, Walt didn't care to finish him off because Walt was 
kind of just like uh what was more like just, just wouldn't weed out he was more like just let him suffer whereas jesse was kind of like i don't know like he, he still doesn't want to like embrace the violence as much as Walt, it seems and so they walk away which is a stupid idea i mean it's really not that stupid i gotta say because they're out in the middle of nowhere i mean tuco's people are coming soon so i guess i i do still think it's a bad, bad idea so his cousins will come and if tuco's somehow still alive like that's gonna be bad because tuco knows their names if he can remember them so so i, I think it was a bad logistical error but you know may, maybe plot wise you could assume that he's gonna die you know just because it's established like that and then of course hank comes to the scene and then uh they have a shootout and hank ends up killing him and i suppose that's there for a couple reasons and this is me speculating about the future because I, I think it's there number one to tie up the loose end with tuco uh, and then also establish that Tuco was killed, not by somebody else, because if it's somebody else there, I mean, I guess it means investigation about who did the initial shot, because Tuco was obviously bleeding right there to begin with. But there's going to be a question of who did that, but I, I don't know, because at first I was thinking maybe that would throw off the scent of there being some higher person being responsible for this stuff, but now it's going to seem like there is a higher person, because who shot Tuco, what happened before this, and where did they go also? Hmm. Yeah. So I wonder where this is going to lead. Yeah. Uh, g give me your general thoughts, Peter. Sorry, I've been talking a little bit. No, you're good. Um. Yeah, I mean, Hank. Hank is the one who finished off Tuco, which is interesting because again, he was looking for Walt, and by extent, or he was looking for Jesse because he was looking for Walt. Finds Jesse's car, thinks he's found Jesse. As soon as Tuco turns around, he realizes, oh, I'm mad. This is a much more dangerous situation. I'm not finding a low-level punk drug dealer. I just found my number one most wanted right now. And immediately gets into the gets into a shootout with him. Mm. Um, and ca very calmly, after they both reload, they just both, like, fire 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 shots everywhere they both have to reload and very calmly hank's able to dispatch dispatch him and, and take him out so with a single shot after that point so <laughs> i think it goes back to showing hank's ability to stay calm in those situations to read situations uh, and adjust very quickly um and also it's super interesting that that kind of does tie both those stories together very tightly mm. and the question now is how are they going to explain that jesse's car was there like there was a you know he has the shot he was shot so will that will the assumption be that jesse shot tuco because he had his car what will tio tell them tell everybody if will he tell them anything will they even think to ask him because he's obviously there, right? The last thing we heard was the ding. So he's kind of a loose end for Walt and Jesse right now. Because he was there and listening when he read out their names and and all of that. He knows everything that happened. Um, inside, at least. He might not know what happened outside, but I'm sure he could, if he's lucid, put two and two together. 
So there's a lot of loose ends. For all of the tying up of ends that happened at the end, there's also a lot of loose ends now. Different ends. Uh, that should be really interesting to see how they how they play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a lot of chaos, a lot of unpredictability, because now they can't drive the car back. So mm-hmm. they're going to have to trek through the desert or something, or maybe when Hank's not looking, take his car. But I don't think they could do that. I, I do wonder how Hank found Jesse's car out there. Maybe he found mm-hmm. some weeds. And he was trailing him. So maybe he heard about that car. I mean, it's a very, it's a very uh, unique car. Um, it is. So, yeah. Also, just one quick thing about uh, Jesse's mother. She was very distressing of talking to Hank. And mm-hmm. uh, I, she's definitely distrained from her son, but she also still wants to protect him, it seems. Yep. And, and yeah, it, it, there's there's like a rule. Don't talk to cops. For, for that reason, because anything you say will be used against you. Like, right. Even if it's not official business, you never know what they could do with that kind of crap. It's true. Uh, I saw this video where it's like they, they took this lady and they they unofficially did a, like a conversation with her in like one of the police rooms because she was another detective. And, you know, they have to like read your rights if they're going to like do like a real uh deposition or whatever the word is like a interrogation there we go and what they did is they didn't read her right instead what they did is they submitted it as evidence from a, like a like a security camp so it wasn't like a interrogation evidence but they you know they passed it on as like a third party evidence so cops are messed up with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so yeah yeah don't trust them uh, i think the final thing that maybe we could talk about uh unless you can think of anything real quick so I, I had this theory and it, it's kind of interesting because I, I woke up the other night uh, th- thinking about this. So Walt's alter ego, what's his name? Heisenberg. So let's think about that. Heinz and Berg. Heinz ketchup, burgers. Mm-hmm. I think Heinz ketchup in the burger industry is behind the baby. And what they're trying to do through symbolism of blood and miracles is get Walt into this industry to bring more hunger, more adaptation into society mm-hmm. and create the ultimate being. And really, they just infuse Heinz and Burger into one to make Heisenberger. But he, he's going to actually be the mascot at some point of this future entity and take the helm of this and they're going to sell ketchup. And this is what the theme of blood has been coming up over and over the show. It's not actually mm-hmm. blood. It, it's just, you know, tomato paste, right? And then there's other themes as well with like burgers, right? I mean, not really, but it's been foreshadowed that there will be burgers at some point. I mean, what is meat yeah. but burger just in a more structured form? It's true. It's true. But think. I think you're thinking too small, bud. Oh, yeah? You think this is some sort of marketing ploy? This is bigger than that. This goes all the way to the top. You get all that blood. Yeah. You get the cops. You get the, the blue blue cops. You got yeah. Walter White, red, white, and blue. This is America, bud. Oh, jeez. This goes all the way to the government. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, okay. Red, white, red, blue, and Walter White. 
So does this mean that the president is behind the baby? Yup. Oh, God damn. Definitely what this means. We're going to have president baby. I, I don't know what this is going to bring to the series. I mean, I guess it's been foreshadowed from episode one and I can't really blame the writers for putting it in there because I, I mean, maybe it was a little bit too obvious, but it took me like a season to catch on to, but this is going to be really interesting to see how this plays out, to be honest, because who knows where this could go. Mm-hmm. American propaganda, baby. I mean, it, it's, it's explained because they had an M16 government will pay kind of things, you know, to get military representment. And yeah. of course the baby, the baby, I think you're right, meter. We are the baby. President baby. So We're all the president. So if you like this video, definitely leave a like. If you hate the video, leave a like. If you like somebody else, that's okay. It happens. And also there's a favorite button, which if you click that button, it'll go into your favorites. And then you can just ignore it from there on because who actually goes to their favorites to see the videos that they've watched and favorited like I, I click the watch later button a lot of times and I actually never actually watch the videos later like there's that one from R. Kelly like trapped in the closet I was going to watch that like five years ago I still haven't and I see it on there and I'm like eh, let's put a watch later for a watch later sort of thing you know like like extra containers there so if you subscribe that will mean that you will see videos from me potentially in the future, but not really because YouTube is stupid and you have to ring the bell like like, like that guy in, in the episode, Tio. We don't know his actual name, but if, if you're like him and you ring the bell, you'll see future notifications. So do that and also enjoy yourselves, eat tacos, eat clams, and you guys have a great day. Peace.